Travel back in time to the 80s, reliving the advice. Carpe diem. Seize the day. The comebacks. Why don't you take a picture? It'll last longer. Uh-huh. And the technology. Are you telling me you built a time machine? Out of a DeLorean? Because just like you, we're stuck in the 80s. Can you say stuck in the 80s? Hey, hey, welcome to Stuck in the 80s. It's your host, Steve Spears. And Brad in L.A. And today we journey back 40 years to give thanks for three great albums from 1981. Applause, applause, applause. Stuck in the 80s is supported by the 80s Cruise. Join me and Spearsy on the Royal Caribbean Mariner of the Seas in March 2022 for an amazing trip back in time. Headliners for the cruise that week include the Human League, ABC, 38 Special, Berlin, Morris Day in the Time, Belinda Carlisle, Dire Straits Legacy, Modern English, John Parr, and many more. Use the promo code STUCK when booking to get $200 in cabin credit. Go to www.v80scruise.com for more details. Hey, 80s Nation. Thanks for tuning in again, especially after last week's uh, weird, bizarre, experimental show about instrumentals in 1976 instrumentals <laughs> i've been strutting around to the theme from swat all week man in case you're wondering the, the feedback has been mostly positive so yeah the you younger know, that's what we're telling you the younger listeners didn't connect so much because i mean they were four years old you know uh, that maybe that year lucky them <laughs> they're not even 50 yet yeah crazy uh, huh lucky spuds <laughs> You know who else is lucky? Brad Williams, because in reading the, the promo for the 80s cruise, I actually separated the names Berlin and Belinda Carlisle, so he wouldn't make the same vocal snafu that I do every time I read it and say, Berlin, Berlinda Carlisle. I, I, I think we're just trying to get Belinda Carlisle as the lead singer of Berlin. Or, I wonder how or that maybe would we sound. change the name to Berlin. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a weird pairing. <laughs> Speaking of the 80s cruise, I don't know uh, how many people joined us this last weekend. We did a virtual sail away party where Brad and I had a an hour to conduct a, one of our big 80s trivia sessions. I thought our it went pretty infamous well. Infamous trivia questions. <laughs> infamous. I don't think it started until about 9.30, so we were really loopy by the time – yeah, Showtime. we got there. It took a little time to get going. As a consultant, I spend a lot of time in Zoom, but I almost never have people telestrating male anatomy parts on my Zoom slides, so I had to figure out how to turn that off. Yeah, that was new. Yeah. Some of them I just kind of wanted to say, if that's really what it looks like, please see a doctor. Yeah, you need help. You've got a swelling issue there that needs to be looked at. So, Anyway, I understand that uh, at latest count there's the cruise is 98% sold out. So if you're going to wow. get off the fence, you're on the now fence. is the time. Yeah. yeah. You got to jump one way or the other at this point. Because, <laughs> I mean, by you the time you pushed. listen to this, by the time you listen to this, it may already be sold out. I think this is going to be a good one. Aside from the whole Berlin, Berlinda thing. <laughs> I, th- I think, as with a lot of travel coming into 2022, I think there's going to be a lot of pent up demand. And I think that sail away party in 2022 is what do the kids say these days? I don't even know, but it's going to be off the f- hook, man. It's going to be insane. People are going to be so ready to just 
have fun, you know, because the last year, I mean, it's been okay, but it hasn't exactly been fun. Maybe it hasn't been okay. I don't know. I've been thinking a lot about this because yesterday was the one year anniversary when I started working from home. So yeah, it's like, okay, I guess this is how we do it now. But anyway, I, I think next year's cruise is going to be crazy times in a good it way. It could be. When this whole uh, lockdown ends, are they going to, are you going to go back and work from the office? Do you know yet? Um, I've made my pitch to stay working from home and like come in a couple days a week for project meetings and stuff, which I mean, there's definitely benefit to sitting down in a room with someone and hashing stuff out and having a whiteboard to draw on and things. But I think that, you know, at least my company has shown pretty conclusively that we can all get our work done from home. Yeah. So I'm in the middle of turning my, I think I've said this last week, I'm in the middle of turning my daughter's bedroom into my office. And so it's like, I'm, I'm kind of settling in. I'm planning on being here. You should post photos of that, you know, on the Facebook page. I will. It's getting close. I I need to pick up my Devo poster and hang some art and there's like a floor lamp coming, but I got the desk put together yesterday. It's weird. I'm sitting at an actual desk instead of a folding table with a tablecloth over it. I can't wait to see it. I don't know what's going to happen with my company they downsized during the lockdown to the point where mm-hmm. we have such a small office uh, footprint now that there's not even an office for not there's not an individual office or a cubicle anymore for everybody. Yeah. <clears throat> so we may just keep working from home and just have group meetings, just like you, I would imagine. Yeah. I mean, I did say to my management, I'm like, look, uh, the concession I would be more than happy to make in order to get that to happen, I would be more than happy to give up my office and hotel in a cube on the days when I'm there. You know, I don't, I don't need an office if I'm only going to be there once a week. Thanks for joining us today on Working From Home Podcast. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> Tune in next week. Until then, Brad and I remain here, hopelessly, working from home. <laughs> I think I see some music in the rundown, Steve. Yeah, Should we we're going to talk some it? music. So anyway, over the course of the podcast's history, uh, now that we're on our 16th year, every time we, we flip the calendar, we, we tend to look back four decades or three decades, whatever it is, and and just kind of take note of what music uh, was really happening that year. I, I, sound, I sound like my, my parents. Your music Tell me about really the happening. music that was happening. Happening, you know, had a real jazzy beat to it. We're going to talk about some of the albums from 1981. Now, we're not we're going to honor three albums today. We're not saying these are the best three albums in 1981. These, these are we're, – we, when we do these shows, we just do them three at a time. So Right. So these are notable – I can guarantee you that we will be doing at least one or two more of these before the year is up because we had a hard time narrowing down which yeah. ones we wanted to talk about. There's a lot. There's a lot. And, you know, apologies again for the home office detour. I think that Steve and I did that because neither of us really wants to say these three words albums turning 40. Yeah. Oh. Gosh. I don't want to put it too much context into it because then it just could become really depressing and i only brought ice water with me for today's show <laughs> those of you who know me well know that's a real sacrifice but take one for the team what a guy berlin belinda berlin belinda I, i'm getting hmm. it you, you are it feels like i'm getting strep throat up the anyway. voltage <laughs> anyway three albums i think these are very diverse picks and so let's get it started with Rick James. Give it to me, baby. Give it to me, baby. Give it to me, baby. I bet you. Make your heart love your head enough. 
Street Songs was the name of the album. It was the fifth album released by Rick James, released in uh, spring. It was a huge hit right off the bat. I think everyone, you know, our age, you know, early 50s, right? Yeah. (laughs) Why do you have to do that? Yes. You know, I got into a fight with my mom the other day because I was telling her how, you know, I feel ancient. And she's like, if you're so ancient, what, you know, what the hell am I? And I just wanted to say, (laughs) you know. Do you have any idea how disrespectful that is? She went off on me. She chomped on the bait on that one, huh? Yeah, a little too hard. But you're right. 40 years ago, this was mm. a huge hit, and everybody knew it because, you know. I think, yeah, the song that we led with and <sighs> the song you just played. You know, if someone says name two Rick James songs, those are the ones that are going to come up. Exactly. Uh, it was a huge hit. Reached number three on the charts. Spent 20 weeks at number one on the R&B charts. Damn. <laughs> 20 weeks. 20 weeks. I, Rick I bet, James, yeah, it's you it, perverted little musician, dude. You, that's fantastic. It was his only platinum album, but what a way to go! Yeah, bonus points if you know Rick James's real name. Do you? Do you? Do you? Uh, do you, John? <laughs> I want to call you John now. Okay, that's Maybe not my real more name. Nice in this drink. I don't know. Uh, I do not know Rick James' real name. Nope. James Ambrose Johnson Jr., which mm. I think is a tongue twister. Jimmy Am. Berlin. Berlin Belinda. James Johnson Jr. Uh, yeah, maybe. It's like a comic book name. He's got kind of a comic book uh, beginning to his career. He joined the Navy in the early 60s and then deserted to Canada. Really? <laughs> but he had already struck a record deal with Motown. In ni- but in 1966, they, the military found him, and he had to serve a year in jail before he could continue his career. Oh my gosh, that's crazy! It sounds I had like no the, idea. It sounds like the plot line for an episode of WKRP in Cincinnati. Yeah, where he's like hiding in the record vault or something. Yeah. Well, there actually that was a, a Venus flytrap. Turns out he deserted, and they find him. Oh gosh! They end up giving him a general discharge. It's weird. Of all the TV that we saw and didn't see, it's episodes of WKRP in Cincinnati that, like, for some reason just stay with me. I haven't seen that in a long time. I mean, I know it was not available for a while. And didn't they do a release not terribly long ago after they finally kind of cleared some of the music rights? Yeah, there was a big problem with the music rights for the longest time. Uh, yeah, because just, they just didn't license it for anything other than broadcast right. at the time. I know. Nobody, nobody they didn't the see the long tail coming, you know, the long media <laughs> tail that we all know about. Yeah, now we do, of course. <laughs> Everybody remembers Super Freak, but did you know it only reached number 16 on the charts? I, I feel like we talked about that when we talked about Eddie Murphy's song recently, but I didn't, wouldn't have remembered it because I'm, you know, it's like a... Well-known alcoholic? Yeah, in one ear and out the other. I just read the copy. I don't really pay attention to it. <laughs> anyway, if you want a deeper cut, Here's a song that was beloved by the critics. It's called Ghetto Life. I was going crazy. Didn't know what my life would be. I was running all so lazy. Something had a spell on me. You wanna what I'm talking about? This song didn't make it into the top 100 at all. I mean, it barely missed. I think it, it came in like at 104. 
Mm. But the lyrics talk about Rick growing up in Buffalo, New York, what the economy was like at the time. And if you uh, listen carefully, you can see it's the Temptations doing the backing vocals. Nice. So they also did it for Super Freak. So, Well, he, he calls them out. I hope it's them. <laughs> I really like the track uh, Fire and Desire. It's this kind of back and forth duet between Rick James and Tina Marie. I'm on the record on the podcast of saying I like songs with spoken word introductions. And James says this little, you know, hey, baby, it's been a while since I've seen you kind of talk <laughs> at the beginning. <laughs> the whole song is this kind of back and forth conversation between what turns out to be former lovers. And at the end of it, Rick James straight up asks Tina, like, will you please give me a hug and tell me everything's going to be all right? I'm like, oh, Rick, I know, man, I know. You know, I used to always think that putting on like a Luther Vandross record was the best way to like seduce the opposite Pitch the sex. woo, as, as they say back in the day. Yeah, but um, I'm starting to think that it might be this album. Hmm. Well, give it a try. Let us know. We don't need details. We just need a like a letter grade. Up or down. You know, incomplete. <laughs> Pass, fail. <laughs> Keep us posted. Next up on the hip parade this week, Steve, let's listen to this track from Ozzy Osbourne's second solo album, Diary of a Madman. Flying High Again. I love this song. I had a compilation album, probably one of those KTEL records. Sure. And it had this song on it. I, I don't think I owned any Ozzy Osbourne back in the day, but I had that compilation record, and I would play this song over and over again. That's one of those records that if your parents saw the album cover and you're going to be like, nope. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we're done here. <laughs> yeah, my parents are really strict about that kind of stuff. I mean... So no Scorpions, no Ozzy Osbourne, no Dead Kennedys. I mean, not, mm. none of that got through the front door. Not having it. So this was released in November 81. It's probably best remembered as the last Ozzy Osbourne studio album to feature guitarist Randy Rhodes. Yeah. I feel like this album is as much known for the music as it is for all the stuff that happened around it. Exactly. That's so well put. I think I've told this story on the podcast before, and I'm sure I have. But the story goes that the band was on its way to Orlando to play at a rock Super Bowl about four months after the album's release. So this is 1982. They stopped in Leesburg, which is this little dinky town that's about an hour north of Orlando, to repair the AC unit on one of the buses. Okay. And they saw that there was an airstrip nearby. So the bus driver, who also was a private pilot, decides, hey, let's jack a plane, fly around, and Buzz the tour bus. <laughs> I mean, you know, all things considered, that's pretty rock and roll, but also pretty yeah. stupid. How many good rock and roll stories in with a plane crash? At least two. Uh, yeah. Three, four, five. Anyway, on one of the flights, Randy Rhodes was a passenger. The, the plane's wing clipped the bus, sent it spiraling out of control. The plane, not the bus. When it landed, it burst into flames. Everybody on board killed instantly. Mm. The next day, they were supposed to be at the Rock Super Bowl. I remember my dad woke me up that morning early yeah. and, and told me, hey, just so you know, Ozzy Osbourne's guitarist is just died, and he's they're not going to be at the concert today. I just was like, you know, poor uh, 
13 year old version of Steve was just torn yeah. apart. Like, wait, what? Yeah. Never did get, get a chance to see Ozzy live. But oh, I, yeah? I guess it. I guess I could still if I really wanted to, but back then it was that kind of music appealed to me. It doesn't really much anymore. I feel like the Aussie ship has sailed a little bit. Like if you really, you know, you you maybe you could see him if he was performing today, but something tells me it's you know he's got to be a bit of a shadow of himself in the stage department, yeah. Yeah. as he is in many other departments. I mean, I will say reception of this album is pretty positive. Sure, uh, you know, Randy Rhodes' guitar work gets a lot of praise for good reason. Uh, Steve Huey of All Music stated, It's not uncommon to find fans who prefer Diary to Blizzard, since it sets an even more mystical, eerie mood, and since Rhodes' playing is progressing to an even higher level. There's also some controversy, I think, about the credits on this album, because I think the bassist and the drummer are credited in the liner notes, but different musicians actually did the work. And yeah. Trying to keep track of it all, you sort of need a, a flow chart. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. The original bassist and drummer that played on Blizzard of Oz, Bob Daisley and Lee Kerslake, played all the parts on the original release, but by the time they were touring it and by the time it was released, they had parted ways and that's a whole nother that's a whole nother podcast. Yeah. Yeah. But uh so the replacement guys are on the liner notes and the the whole thing just simmered for decades. As recently as two thousand and two when they did a reissue of this album uh, they re-recorded the hit, the parts, the bass and drum parts, so that they didn't have to use the Daisley and Curse Lake tracks. And both huh. Ozzy and Sharon say it was the other person's idea to replace the original track. So of it's course. Like, you know, I'm not taking any responsibility for this. It was them. <laughs> uh, drama, 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 drama. Imagine drama, that. Drama. More on that in a second. If you want a deeper cut, by the way, here is a song, I think it's just called S-A-T-O. The story behind this song, according to Sharon Osbourne, uh, the title, which does not appear in the lyrics, stands for Sharon Arden Thelma Osbourne. Arden is Sharon's maiden name. She's the daughter of record mogul Don Arden, and Thelma Osbourne is Ozzy's first wife. So hmm. go untangle that mess. Speaking of mess, I don't know if you've noticed, but Sharon Osbourne's been in the news this week. I guess the talk show she's on is suspended for the time being because of some remarks she allegedly made that were racially insensitive towards her co-hosts. So hmm. you can go figure that one out for yourself. I can't stand to watch stuff like that. I mean, just, you know, that's, that's all the information I need to know. One more thing you weren't going to watch anyway. Yeah. I, I've never liked her for some reason, and I just can't put up my finger on it. Well, yeah. All I know is what I read in the papers, and, you know, that's not generally very flattering when it's about her reality TV life and stuff like that. It's like, yeah. oh, okay, well, maybe she's a lovely neighbor, but I'll never know. <laughs> you want something flattering? I'll give you our third album of the day. Um, this is a very well-known album from 1981. I would be surprised if everyone listening didn't at least have a copy of it at one point. This is Beauty and the Beat by the Go-Go's. We Got the Beat was the song that obviously, you know, broke the band, I guess. 
Yeah. This came out in the summer of 81. And yeah, <laughs> it was a monster. It got to number one and stayed there for six weeks. I mean, it's no Rick James, but you know, <laughs> that was his fifth album. This is only their first. So, in the history of Stuck in the 80s, every time we talk to a musician, usually a British musician, and I ask them where they got their inspiration for a career in music and performing. They almost always say that they went to a Sex Pistols concert. You know, that was the moment. <laughs> so you you can love or hate the Sex Pistols as much as you want, but they allegedly inspired probably a hundred bands, uh, at the, least. Count that you've the heard go- of. Count the Go Go's is one of them. Uh, Belinda, not Berlinda, and Jane Weedland <laughs> attend. I'm I'm just I'm gonna stuck. I'm gonna stick it until I can stick it. Belinda and Jane attended the final performance by the Sex Pistols on their 1978 tour. I think it was in San Francisco. And they decided to form a band, which is what allegedly probably everyone who ever saw a concert by the uh, Sex Pistols yeah, did. Yeah, everyone who ever came to one of those shows is like, I paid money for this? I yeah, should I do, can this. do this better. <laughs> I, I, I could get paid for this too. <laughs> there have been some lineup changes over the years. They ended up with uh, Charlotte Caffey, v- Kathy Valentine, and Gina Shock joining the group. As we most know them i mean i think these days yeah there's been a little bit of tweaking now and then i think they're back to original lineup right now yeah they might be i think kathy was away for a while but i think i think she may have returned because i know there were some legal shenanigans there of late but i I think it all got straightened out i think it got straightened out mom and dad are fighting again the the band had quite a following with the punk rock crowd uh, and the new wave fans in, in southern california but they couldn't attract a record deal you could kind of blame the sexist attitude of Record execs back then, you know, who didn't believe that a, an all female group, you know, had any performance cred. But they would eventually get this made with IRS records. And the cover design, which is kind of iconic, has an interesting story behind it. Belinda has claimed credit for it, saying she wanted something, quote, timeless and incognito. And the towels that they're wearing in that shoot were allegedly purchased at Macy's and returned that same day. <laughs> now that's rock and roll right there. <clears throat> so cow style. Some poor schlub bought those towels not knowing just how famous they were. <laughs> it's got two of their biggest hits on it. It's got We Got the Beat and it's got Our Lips Are Sealed. It's ranked yeah. number 400 on Rolling Stone's 500 greatest albums of all time. I like round numbers. That's good. Right between Brian Wilson's Smile and Blondie's debut album. I would have thought that would be higher on the list. You'll be happy to know, Brad, that your beloved... Rock and Roll Hall of Fame has named We Got the Beat as one of the 500 songs that shaped rock and roll. I mean, I would agree with that, even if they are morally bankrupt as an organization. Here's my question. If if they have one of the 500 songs that shaped rock and roll, why is it taking you this long to put them on the nomination list for the Rock Hall? These are all good questions. They're all good questions. We're not doing this right now. We're just not going to do this right now. Yeah, I know. I know. I'm just... I'm just not poking the bear. I'm not poking the bear. Poking the bear. Poking the bear. Breaking the, the law. Bear. Breaking the law. Do you want a deeper cut, Brad? I do. Please give me a deeper cut. Here's this town. I think 
you can hear the punk rock roots of the band in this song particularly. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I listened to this album a couple times the last few days. So, you know, try and get ready for you folks. You know, Gail showed me the way to prepare for podcasts. And <laughs> I, I just, I was really impressed with it. I don't think I've listened to it in a long time. Well, I know I haven't listened to it in a long time, but it's just, they're three minute little gems of songs. Yeah. They're they're not super complicated. You know, they get in, they get out. They're not, you know, I was like, oh, they're all going to be upbeat. I'm like, no, there's some kind of down-tempo stuff, but they're just, they're snappy. The songwriting is just snappy. If you've ever seen them live, this is the song also that they traditionally open up with. So, yeah, they got that going for them, which is nice. You know, we got going for us, which is nice. The, the Seggies. What's happening, hot stuff? Ah, uh, by the sound of the gong, it must be time for mystery movie moment. Oh, I get my sing-song voice back. Mm. Must be all this water. Wa- I have water with lemon. All this clean, clear water. <laughs> yes. Well, if you've ever had the water of Castleberry, Florida, you'll know it's not exactly the tastiest. Mm. How's it's, the Florida water? Is it really uh, like uh, a lot of calcium, limestone? Uh, it? I, d- it's, I don't. It varies by city. Okay. You get, if you're in Orlando, you might have <laughs> great water. If you're in Castleberry, you know. I'm pretty sure they're pumping it out of the creek next to us. So. Nice. Excellent. I hope they filter out the manatees before it gets to the tap. <laughs> well, you know, a couple whiskers never hurt anybody. Anyway, this is the segment where we play a snippet of a movie from the 80s. If you get it right, you're into the drawing for a, Brad? Postal-friendly bottle opener. See, that sounds better. Hmm. You don't have, well, it doesn't have any of the wheeziness that I'm genuinely using today oh. I don't know what's wrong something it's St. Patrick's Day as we record this I, oh I that must be the, it we're too sober <laughs> yeah, my body's like what 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 I don't understand this I, is, I checked some the kind calendar of what the hell's going on <laughs> <laughs> I have whiskey downstairs it's just I wasn't going to do it if, you know until we we're done with the podcast you want to enjoy it when you can focus on it yeah <laughs> I have a part make of the experience it, make a old fashioned with the mix that you disapprove of I wish you'd quit saying that. It's fine. I don't make them that way, but that doesn't mean that I'm wrong or you're wrong. I just had a bottle shipped up to New York so that it'll be there for my next visit with Future Wife. Good plan. Future Wife makes it sound like some some sort of exhibition at Epcot. Future Wife. What's coming to Epcot Center? When was the last time you went to see Future Wife? Oh, The wife of the future is here. The future is now with Future Wife. Okay, set your mind back to show 590. Here was the mystery clip. Look, mister, there's two kinds of dumb. A guy that gets naked and runs out in the snow and barks at the moon. And a uh, guy who does the same thing in my living room. That's Hoosiers. I think I did that because it was, you know, it's March Madness. Oh, I thought maybe it was because we had talked about giving Hoosiers the uh, Cobra Kai treatment. Oh, maybe it was that too. I don't know. Maybe it was a confluence of circumstances. What I normally do, I mean, I don't want to give too much away, is I have a lot of these movies on DVD and they're just and they're stacked right behind me. So when I'm trying to think of something, I just sit there and stare at the rack of DVDs until I think of something we haven't used before. Anyway, we had some winners. Brad, why don't you read some names? Winners this week include... I- Jesse Elgato Grande Smith, Roxy Forrest, Bo in New Orleans, Jeff and Charity in Virginia, Scott Strubes, Mike in Oz, 
Alejandro Sticks, Cardoso Solis from Tijuana, Mexico, Shan Nichols, Todd in Minnesota, David Larson in Iowa, Scott in Perry, Georgia, Ken the Killer Pimp Lee, Colin Hall from Little Rock, Joseph Perdue, Lynn with three N's in Nebraska, and Michelle in Lexington, South Carolina. Pay attention. Here's this week's mystery clip. I just want you to know that when we were together, I was really happy. If you know it, email us at podcast at sit80s.com and tune in in a couple of weeks to find out if you're a winner. Ah, the mystical refrain that is Name That 80s Tune. You know the drill by now. We'll play a snippet of a song from the 80s if you can get it right. Glory awaits you in the form of a metal postal-friendly bottle opener. It really is the only thing I can say correctly every time. That's just not true. You say, hey, hey, every week. (laughs) I say it twice, though, to make sure I got it right. You know, now it's become some sort of weird thing where I say everything twice. Someone's like, how you doing? I'm like, good, good. Yeah. How's the weather like down there? It's hot. It's hot. (laughs) One of those, I figure one of those takes over. Stuck in the 80s, 80s. So I did that. It's really bad. If I see somebody on the street who just like, hey, I'm like, hey, hey. It's just, it's just. You can't do something for 590 times and have it not, you know, cause permanent damage to your brain. The saggies. <laughs> the saggies. We record that every time. We, we we could just probably sample it and just save it, but nope. Every no, time. The it's saggies. Just, it's so satisfying to say it. <laughs> so when we know we've rounded the corner and we're heading for home. Anyway, pay attention. Here was the clip from episode 590. That's Change of Heart by Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Man, I love this song. Mm. Ah. It's so good. The day that I picked it to use, I think I played it like 10 more times. I couldn't stop playing it. Your turn to read some names. Here we go. Winners this week include Jeff and Charity in Virginia, Todd in Minnesota, Dave Horn, Christine in Philly, Kyle K in Arkansas, Matt from Denver, Ken the Killer Pimp Lee, who's from Boston, in case you want to know what town to be careful in, Kirk from Friendswood, Mark the Mailman, Ricky from Nashville, Colin in Arkansas, Jason in Memphis, Kevin serving wench, and Shan Nichols. Who writes? Did Steve pick the song for this week? The mystery song is Change of Heart from Gainesville's own Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. I was lucky enough to see them multiple times over the years. Two of the best shows I've seen of theirs have been at the O-Dome on the University of Florida campus. The first would have to be their return to Gainesville in November of 1993 for the homecoming concert that year. River Phoenix, sort of a Gainesville kid, since his family had settled just outside of town, had passed away a few days before, and they played The Ballad of Easy Rider as a tribute to him. Their second show was their return in 2006 for their 30th anniversary tour. Yet another incredible show, and he brought out honorary heartbreaker Stevie Nicks for a few songs. That's cool. Yeah, Stevie Nicks always kind of wanted to be a heartbreaker, but... She just had to break hearts the old-fashioned way, huh? Yeah, Tom always used to say, but... But we have no girls in the Heartbreakers. But I want to join. But we have no girls in the Heartbreakers. Anyway. It's complicated. Amazing, amazing performer to see uh, live. I'm sad that more people didn't get the chance to do it. 
Anyway, it's time to spin the wheel. It's time for Brad to oil up. I, I don't know why I say oil up. I just assume you do. Oh, and, every time. And then give, give us the grunt that we've come to love. You ready? Here we go. It's, I laugh every single time. On the inside where it counts. Well, I'm editing alone in the darkness. <laughs> I know. That's weird in itself. And it looks like it's going to land on Scott in Perry, Georgia. Excellent. Uh, emails your uh, postal address. Give us the rest of your address. If I just send it to Scott in Perry, I, something tells me it won't show up at your house. I don't know. I think it might. <laughs> if you've ever been to Perry, Georgia, it's not not a big place. We'll get you something soon. In the meantime, pay attention. I'm really feeling froggy today. I don't know why. Here's this week's mystery tune. If you know it, email us at podcast.sits.com. See, you can hear it right there. I just... Yeah, a little bit. And tune in in a few weeks and find out if you're a winner. We'll be right back after this commercial break. can't breathe. Sorry, Keith. I just can't go to lunch with your Roger. You won't miss this lunch. Roger wants to marry our Kate. You're kidding. You're not kidding. So give your cold a contact. You'll feel better and you'll look better for 12 hours. And you might not be so grumpy. Contact. Contact keeps you going so you won't miss the good things. Mr. Barnes, I... What's on your mind? Roger. Safety seal pack. back we have just a few minutes left time to thank those who have joined our patreon program and become um patrons i guess for lack of a better word supporters if you would like this week we'd like to thank our new patrons ward baker robin h and jason middlecoff thank you so much your support helps us uh you know make more content do more shows and we truly appreciate it we will we'll be having our next zoom Happy hour for patrons. Probably, I guess it'll be in April. We've already done March, yeah. right? Didn't we? Yep. Yeah, we sure did. There's a weird sound for you. Just enjoy that one for a while. Ow, ow. Uh, I hope you enjoyed the show on three great albums that turn 40. If you want to suggest albums that we should cover, by all means, email us. In the meantime, Brad and I remain here, hopelessly stuck in the 80s. Stuck in the 80s is now on Patreon. If you'd like to support the show, go to patreon.com slash stuck in the 80s podcast. Special thanks to Check Battery Daily for our theme music. And thanks for listening. <laughs>